So you come into recovery trying to seek healing from your hurts, hangups, and habits, thinking that that is the full story. But sometimes there are those hidden victories and gifts that we receive along the journey, those lessons and gifts that give us a greater appreciation for what God is doing in our life. Today, we're going to talk about it. Well, welcome to the Celebrate Recovery official podcast. Celebrate Recovery is a ministry based on the Beatitudes where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, hangups, and habits, and even courageously face those broken relationships in our life. As you're listening, please know that we acknowledge that your struggle is real, that you matter to God, and He has the power to help you recover as you face those hurts, hangups, and habits. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. I'm a global field director with Celebrate Recovery. And hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, getting some great feedback from you guys on uh, this fun new venture, the podcast, the Celebrate Recovery official. And and I'm excited about today's conversation. I'm bringing a, a dear friend and brother in Christ, uh, Scott Kemp, who is the North Central Regional Director and uh, aside from that, just an amazing man of God and just a, a just a great heart. He and his wife, uh, Veronica, are just uh, special to us. And uh, Scott, thanks for jumping in the conversation and joining us today. Hey, you bet. Thanks, Rodney, for today. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, a, I'm a believer who struggles with drugs, alcohol, and lust, and, and my name is Scott Kemp. Uh, as Rodney mentioned, I'm the North Central Regional Director uh, for Celebrate Recovery, and uh, my wife and I lead Celebrate Recovery at our local church, uh, First Assembly of God, in Normal, Illinois. <laughs> the only normal Celebrate Recovery, as you say, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Scott, I'm excited to to have this conversation. As you and I were talking about this, it just got me excited to think about those kind of those hidden blessings and those hidden fruits. We come in trying to get away from things and. Um, actually don't even realize it, that God is bringing us things that he's moving us toward. It's not just about getting freedom from, but freedom for something bigger. And so, uh, Scott, what, what are those things that maybe, uh, how long you've been in recovery first off, uh, what, how long you've been on this journey? Well, I found sobriety, uh, finally in, uh, late 1993 and, uh, uh got introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous uh, after a, a three-week uh, treatment plan uh, in a local a local hospital here, mm. and recovery uh, for almost well, just about twenty-nine years now. Wow, twenty-nine years—that's that's so cool. So, so what a gift that we get to have a conversation with you because you obviously have a lot of experience, a lot of uh, recovery insight, and and we're we're all still on the journey, but. Cool to stop and reflect on those hidden fruits, those hidden blessings in the recovery journey. So, you know, we talk about those things that we don't even realize, but what, what let's just kind of open the conversation here. What, what's been, um, what's maybe starting with that first one? What's been one of the those hidden blessings or lessons in recovery that we might not think about otherwise? Yeah, you know, when I when I first entered uh, recovery after probably 20 plus years of, of active addiction and to alcohol and drugs, I I really found myself having a hard time uh, moving on. 
when I first entered true sobriety and started working the, the 12 steps. Mm. Uh, so, you know, most of my recovery has been around uh, self-care and, and learning, uh, learning the benefits of just becoming more compassionate in my life, uh, not only to myself, but to others. Mm. Uh, and then I think a little bit about generosity too. I've learned so much about generosity in my, in my years of recovery, but, you know, I was so caught up in substance abuse and making poor choices and, hurting other people, you know, all those shameful memories and negative thoughts about, you know, those actions uh, really brought on a lot of guilt for me. And I know I had no idea how to take care of myself when I mm. first entered recovery. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, by our very nature, when we're hurting on the inside, it's just good to kind of reflect on the good reasons why we, we don't take care of ourselves, that we mistreat ourselves, But when we're hurting and we have some unresolved pain in our life, we we tend to go do things that that are the opposite of self care, right? I mean, we beat ourselves right. up and, and we put things in our body to to numb out the pain. But that's interesting that just as you said that that self care, a big part of my recovery is self care. What what does that practically look like? What what does that mean to say self care is a priority in my life? Well, you know, first off, I, you know, coming into a 12-step work for the first time through Alcoholics Anonymous, um, I have to thank God for my sponsor. You know, I found a, a man that could, could mentor me in recovery, and uh, I made him well aware of all the dark stuff, right? You know, the self-harm, the verbal and physical and sexual abuse toward my wife and other people, mm-hmm. infidelity, pornography, nicotine addiction, you name it. Um, he helped me to look at every area of my life that I need to work on. Yet, only true sobriety from alcohol and drugs came first early in recovery. Yeah, but I thought you know self compassion and self care were really the the farthest farthest thing from my mind, and mm. and that really became a crucial component of of meaningful sobriety in my life. Yeah, uh, yeah, self compassion because as you were saying that the opposite of that is kind of those shame messages, right? where we kind of yeah. beat ourselves up. I'm a bad person versus I've made some bad choices. And just even that, that self-compassion to be able to learn to love who God created. And that's hard when we're in the, the midst of the muck, right? Especially if we're performers and <laughs> perfectionists, right? We got to get it right so that God will love us, which is not the gospel message, but what what is that practically? You, you mentioned a sponsor. You know how how did your sponsor help you to start being compassionate toward yourself and and loving the core of yourself in spite of what the behaviors were expressing in the moment? What's that look like practically? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, early in recovery, I thought self care, which he introduced me to. You know, taking care of myself first and foremost. Uh, it was more in reference to my physical self and not my mental or spiritual self. Mm. You know, I had a relationship with Jesus Christ when I first entered recovery, and I needed to really start l- with looking at myself and compassion for me. Um, you know, working the 12 steps for the first time was all about my physical self, not drinking, not using. Uh, but over time, I began to see that I, I needed compassion for myself in recovery. Mm. Um, you know, it's not than having compassion for a loved one, like my kids, right? Uh, my right. sponsor, see how when I feel compassionately towards a family member is really how I needed to feel for myself. Mm. And uh, 
recognize what a loved one's suffering and how it made me feel, helping them however I can and realizing that everyone makes mistakes. But instead of focusing on being so judgmental and analyzing everyone else's stuff, I need to recognize those same behaviors towards myself. I need to learn empathy for my own self first mm. and see the step process as really a, a solution for all areas of my life. Yeah. It reminds me, you know, we talk about in the scriptures to take our thoughts captive and sometimes we can, it's easy to kind of slip into that. Just stop it, you know, kind of getting hard on ourselves, and you need to stop that. You're being an idiot kind of thing. But I love just the picture as you were talking, Scott, just that as we would a family member, and I know you have grandkids and you love your grandkids so much. And just imagining if one of your grandkids was struggling and they just said, are you Papa, Grandpa? What's your name it, it, as a grandparent? Well, I would say that I'm a, a child of God. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I accepted Christ in 1994. And, you know, when I started reading the, the Life Recovery Bible and discovered that Jesus really set the, the, you know, he was the epitome of kindness and compassion. Yeah. Uh, the more I read about Jesus, the more I wanted kindness and compassion to become a priority in all areas of my life so it's you know i um, i'm a lover of children i love my grandchildren and, and I'm <laughs> people right now you know our adult children are struggling with their own issues yeah. and it's tough to step back and and uh, watch them suffer but uh, uh i've got to be compassionate and kind towards them yeah yeah my my grandkids call me papa and i'm just imagining if they came to me and said papa i'm i'm struggling yeah. you know my my heart would be to to stay curious and lean into to not go into well you should have and you why didn't you it's just trying to sit with them in that and and sometimes that's hard that take thoughts captive um is just that idea of almost kind of putting them up putting putting yourself up in your lap and saying hey tell me what's going on why are you believing this and how do i love myself in that space and the pain that, that that person, that part of me is experiencing to show compassion. Cause if we can do that for ourselves, that that's a game changer, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It just flows over into how we treat others in our lives. Right. You know, when I put that first and foremost, there's really a kind of a natural impact on my, my daily mental health. And, you know, that's, that still carries on today after nearly 30 years of recovery. Mm. You know, I, in the serenity prayer, you know, hardship is a pathway to peace. Uh, well, I look at everything going on in my lives, in my, in my life. I, I look back over all the different hardships I've had to face, but knowing that Christ is there for me each day, um, wow, it just makes life so much easier, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. So as you're kind of talking, Scott, I'm just kind of thinking about, you know, you're learning how to kind of listen to yourself and kind of honor the the pain in that space because in our addictions and i can speak for myself um i didn't honor it i shamed pain and so yeah. that's where i ultimately went to something and you know something else uh to find comfort um so that, that's so important to learn how to notice and honor that pain isn't it so that we can organize that and put that into words because in our addictions we don't put that into words. We try to get away from that and act like it's not happening. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, uh, self-care for me really today is all about, you know, the, the 12 steps, steps 10 and 11, right. Taking that personal daily inventory and admitting my mistakes promptly and reading God's word, praying and looking for his will 
to lead my life rather than defaulting to my own will. Yeah. So today I'm just much kinder to myself and it makes it easier to relate to the real me and what God expects of me. And, um, you know, when I'm in doubt of my, my recovery, I, I have to remember that, that old adage of halt, right? If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, mm. you know, that acronym for halt, um, you know, these issues should be resolved as soon as you're able. So, um, you know, putting first and foremost, just being compassionate to myself and taking care of myself really flows over into how I can, uh, be for others. Yeah. Yeah. Even just thinking about when, when somebody has treated us with that kind of kindness and compassion, it actually causes us to want to stay in the conversation with them. Right. It's like, this is someone I can trust. And, and learning how to do that our, to ourself, it, it feels like a little bit of an oxymoron, right? We Shouldn't we, uh, too often, and maybe you slipped into this, I know I did, I felt like I was, that Jesus' crucifixion wasn't enough. I needed to crucify myself to make up for all the bad that I did. And if I could, if I could beat myself up enough, then maybe I would earn the right to be loved. Um, I don't know if you wrestled with that kind of that self crucifixion early in, in that process. What did that look like for you, Scott? Yeah, I did. You know, my sponsor was a Christian man. He helped lead me to, uh, to Jesus. And, uh, I, you know, dying to self was really a, a theme, uh, early on in recovery. And it really is still today too. I've got to remember that I'm a human and I'm, I'm, I'm going to make mistakes mm. and I've got to recognize that I've got a savior that, that, has restored my life and uh he's a forgiving god and i love that about him you know it's uh um you know compassion that that compassionate that compassion just flows over into everything i'm doing today it's uh, to my wife my my kids my grandkids uh, to others i'm working with sponsees etc but uh, i've got to remember that that's really the core of of what jesus christ is all about mm, yeah and, and and I wonder if you could speak to this, um, Scott. The when we connect with the Father, because sometimes I think in the church we get it a little bit backwards, don't we? We we focus on changing the habits without addressing the hurt, and then it just feels like we're white knuckling it. Uh, I think it's just so important just to reflect on that 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 fruit, the kindness, the compassion, the love, the peace that that was out of the overflow of your relationship with Jesus. I wonder if you could talk about that, just how that, that relationship with Jesus being the root of that and how that impacted you. Yeah, I started really growing in Christ uh, in the, throughout the nineties and uh, went through a, a difficult divorce in the late nineties and uh, remarried uh, another year or two after that. Um, but I really started recognizing compassion and empathy for others when I got involved in Celebrate Recovery in 2005. Mm. Uh, I was introduced to a, the 12-step program that could help me look at other areas of my life, and I really gravitated towards that. And, you know, today I, I want my recovery to be the, the point of no return, right? Recovery recovery's kind of can be looked at as kind of selfish or, or even prideful, yet, mm. you know, I've worked hard to reach a, a really successful point in my recovery, and I don't want to lose sight of how far I've come. Um, but I'm at a place today where I don't allow others to, to drag me down, um, mm. experience humility in my life. It helps me connect with others, find empathy for 
you know, each individual that I meet, um, you know, meeting people right where they are and wanting to know more about their story is, is really fascinating. So it gives me an opportunity to share about my recovery with Christ at the, at the helm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me just when we connect with the Lord and get vulnerable with him and learn how to just feel that, that close relationship, vulnerable, having that vulnerability, it, it can only overflow to our other relationships. I love that. Let's take a quick break. We're having a great conversation uh, with Scott Kemp, the North Central Regional Director, and and he's sharing us some of the uh, some of those uh, hidden fruits in the recovery journey, and um, having having some good insight from Scott. So when we come back, we'll uh, continue that conversation. Stick with us, and we'll be right back. Well, have you heard the news? Celebrate Recovery Summit 2023 is coming back to Saddleback in California. A full slate of inspirational main stage talks plus workshops. We're bringing the workshops back for you and your team to attend, to learn, to be inspired and equipped to help you and your ministry grow. So why are we talking about this so early? It's not until next summer. The tickets are already going very fast. Just 1,000 tickets left. Secure your seat today. Go to crsummits.com and join the biggest recovery party on the planet. We hope to see you there. All right, we've been talking to Scott and... um, Excited about uh, what you're sharing with me, just these hidden fruits. And you were talking about just that um, that self-care and that compassion and just how that overflows um, in your life and uh, just a cool picture. Um, so, Scott, just kind of continuing that thought, how's that, how's that transformed you? Kind of, I know you and I talked about just how generosity plays into this in your life and recovery, how has generosity become a big, bigger part of your recovery story having gone through this process? Yeah. Just before the break, you know, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, relationships and reconciling relationships. And, and that first relationship with Jesus was the one that I, I needed to reconcile. You know, I grew up hearing about Jesus and hearing about God, but didn't, I didn't, I fell away, you know, when I was, uh, when I was a young man and uh, reconciling that relationship uh, has really helped me and help others do the same. You know, much of that Mm -hmm. comes from working with my sponsor. You know, I love that phrase, uh, uh, vulnerability breeds vulnerability, right? I have to allow, I have to allow myself to to be open and and transparent with others about uh, my own journey from addiction to recovery. Mm. Yeah. You know, sometimes that opens up opportunities for others to have compassion on me, which really uplifts my spirit. So I love being that, uh, uh, being able to use the wisdom of recovery to to help others uh, discover themselves. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and I think that you know we kind of touched on that fruit, the overflow. I'm, I'm guessing uh, almost three decades before, earlier in your life, if you were to if we said that this is going to be the Scott that uh, is going to be living this life and the, you know, carrying out these healthy practices, believing these core beliefs, it probably would have been a shock to that younger uh, version of yourself. I'm guessing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, 
I never know who I'm helping when I reveal my weaknesses. You know, when I'm vulnerable, it helps others have compassion on themselves as well. And really, do you, you talk a little bit about deepening relationships, and uh, that, that's what it's all about, is building those relationships, building trust with others, especially sponsees, you know, when I'm working with them on the issues they face. But that vulnerability enables people to have compassion on themselves and uh, mm-hmm. really deepen relationships that you talked about. It provides those opportunities for building trust and, you know, and, and being edified. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up that, you know, when we come into recovery for good reasons, it's all about us, right? Just, just yeah. fix this. And that's such a good uh, reminder that as we work through the eight principles based on the Beatitudes, Jesus is ultimately getting us to this point of being able to carry this message to others, to make disciples, to love God, to love others. And, and, and now it becomes this new mission statement, right? Just thinking about Scott's life to, you know, this new mission statement to, I want others to experience when you've tasted and seen something so good, you can't help, but carry that forward to someone else. Right. Yeah. That, uh, that kind of, kind of flows into uh, our thoughts about generosity. You know, we often think about generosity as a financial thing, but, you know, what we give to others is really even more important. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I've certainly learned more about the financial side <laughs> of generosity. I'm a regular tither at my church and, and go try to go above and beyond with love offerings, et cetera. You know, I love being liberally generous to others, like servers at restaurants or at fundraisers and such. But, what I think is more important today in my personal life is just that sensitivity I could have for another person. You know, what matters is the sensitivity that we offer another person. And uh, the more directly I see my, my personal efforts, you know, impact someone else, the more I gain from the experience of truly giving to, to others in my life. I love that. Yeah, it, it takes a focus off of us, and now we're part of a bigger a bigger mission here, you know, helping other people. I would imagine, you know, we kind of jokingly say this at my home group that that when we come into this recovery journey, we look like someone else. And it's almost like we can say, I don't even know who you are anymore because you've changed so much. How has how that um, how's that interaction changed? You know, we're, it's not a marriage ministry. It's not a leadership ministry um, but it affects our marriages. It's not a parenting class, but it affects our parenting, right? How is that? How is that practically uh, um, affected your um, your marriage um, with your kids, with your grandkids, with your church? You mentioned just being a part of your local church. How has that changed the way you interact um, with the people around you, just as a whole, practically? Yeah, I think when I when I got into recovery, I was I was very judgmental and um, critical of others. Now that I'm in recovery, you know, I've got it all together, right? You know, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know that carried on for a lot of years, and I realized the impact it had on my my first marriage. Uh, my marriage to Veronica is totally different. Uh, you know, I came into that marriage as a believer, and and uh, it's incredible when I when I edify her and encourage her. Uh, when I'm generous with my, you know, uh, you know, I really think generosity is a, a natural confidence builder, right? It helps me to battle those feelings of isolation and, and allowing behaviors to resurface. But when I'm 
when I'm generous in my, my love for others, my love for my wife, my love for my kids and grandkids, it's just amazing how uh, I, I just have a great sense of value and purpose in their lives. And it helps more social uh, with them and uh, not be not be trying to hide anything or uh, or lie about anything. You know, it's just a, an honest, open relationship with the, the most important people in my life rather than Christ. Mm, that's so good, man. That would have what a great picture and just you know joel 225 comes to mind you know just that that he's restoring the years right and just thinking about the years and and how heavy those hard years can be but and just experiencing that restoration the years the locusts have eaten um scott is your is we're sitting here and we got somebody listening um you know as people are sharing this with their network Somebody's listening right now, and maybe they're they're that Scott of 29 years ago, uh, and they're walking into this process. Maybe they're get they're thinking and praying about going to a celibate recovery. Just in your years being on this side of it, and we're works in progress, uh, but it's a process. But what would you say that would be an encouragement to that person that might be struggling right now, maybe on the fence about should I jump in or not? What would you say? To them, Scott. Well, I think early on for me, you know, it, um, getting involved in twelve-step work and really starting to take a, a hard look at myself is, is so important. You know, that self-care and being kind to yourself uh, is an important, but it's a learning thing. It's something you have to learn how to do. Um, you know, I uh, I love being generous to to others today, and and uh, when I'm sensitive to others, it really allows me to be more sensitive to myself. So. You know, um, taking that time to self-nurture, to self-care, uh, being compassionate with yourself mm. is such an important part, especially early in recovery. Uh, but would certainly steer them towards a, a local Celebrate Recovery. You can find uh, uh, different groups at CelebrateRecovery.com. Look up on the group group locator. But pointing them to a, a good Christian 12-step program uh, would be the first things that come out of my mouth. And then recognizing that um, everyone is a child of God and that God loves them. We love them. And and giving praise to others is a great way to show generosity, especially, you know, to our spouses and kids, but to others that we're working with uh, generosity and giving praise that, Hey, you are valuable. You are worthwhile and we love you and hope you find successful recovery. Yeah. So one, one thought when you were talking Scott, and I love that. That's beautiful. Uh, very encouraging, you know, to, to that person that is thinking, I don't fit in there, right? You, you don't know how bad my mess is. Yeah, I'm listening to Scott and Rodney, and and they've had a past, but you don't understand what I've gone through, and and maybe I'm too damaged. Maybe I'm too broken for the church, quote unquote, right? What what would you say to them that that they feel like they got to get to a certain level before they can fit in and and go to work on their hurts, hangups, and habits? What would you say to them if they're believing that lie? Well, I think at first I'd say, you know what, everyone's broken. All of us have hurts and hangups and habits that we'll struggle with for the rest of our lives, and um, I would I would let them know that that they're cared for, they're loved, uh, that uh, if they give. Jesus Christ, a chance to restore and love on them for the rest of their lives, that they may be making a great choice. Mm. Uh, you know, it's uh, if I'm not sensitive to 
someone else's story because everybody has a story and i would encourage them uh, by coming in the doors to celebrate recovery to to share that story and realize that they're not going to be judged or condemned they're going to be welcomed into a, a great forever family to find the healing touch of jesus christ and and uh, 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 a beautiful family to recover with mm, that's so good yeah we're all broken that's such a good reminder that uh, we, we're all broken, as we say here in my local church, that, that we all are broken, but we matter to God, and He deserves all the glory, even in the midst of our pain, that He's going to help us um, through every step of the way. And what a great picture that uh, we weren't designed to carry this on our own. And um, if you're listening, uh, we, we want you to know that you're not alone, and you're not designed to face this alone and nor should you try to face this alone. That's a recipe for disaster. Invite other people into it. And as Scott said, uh, celebrate recovery is a great uh, on-ramp to do that, uh, to experience that, that healing and that freedom. But Scott, thanks so much, man. Any closing thoughts before we, we wrap up here? No, I think I would just wrap it up saying we love, we, we serve a great, compassionate God. Um, I think in Lamentations, it talks about because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed for his compassions never fail, right? Mm. Uh, he loves us. He cares for us. He's got a an incredible solution in yeah. his son, Jesus Christ, for each and every one of us. Yeah, good word. Well, Scott, thanks so much for your insight. Thanks for your heart, your wisdom. Uh, always love talking to you. And, and I know that you bless somebody uh, that's listening today. Self-care, compassion, and generosity. Some pretty cool uh, fruits that Scott is uh, letting us into. The benefits of working and jumping into the recovery process. Scott, we love you. And thanks for uh, jumping on with us today, man. Hey, thank you, man. It's an honor to work with you. Appreciate all you guys do for, for leading this this uh, worldwide program of Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. We'll give Veronica a big hug for us, man. <laughs> Will do, man. Thanks, you. you too, man. Well, thanks so much for, for jumping on with us today. Uh, we're grateful. And, and listen, if, if you're listening right now, know that no matter what you're facing, you too can experience healing and freedom in Jesus Christ, just like Scott was talking about. And one of the greatest self-care things that we can do is to acknowledge we need help and to invite Jesus and the body of Christ into that. If you'd like to find a group near you, go to CelebrateRecovery.com forward slash groups and join us on this movement we call recovery what a great adventure it will be a life-changing adventure thanks for joining us until then god bless you